It's for the people. It's for the purpose. Patience is a podcast. I want to thank you all for everything that you've given me. For motivating me to continue to do this podcast the way that I do it. Unlike anyone else that I listen to or have listened to in the past. For letting me be myself. For letting my message be heard and actually... It's a blessing to find so many people that believe in what I believe in. So many people that still hold compassion and just genuine human decency near and dear to their heart. And it's still a wonder that that through all the darkness that we've seen so far this year and in the past, there's still light. There's still love. And I appreciate all of it. And I won't stop until I become more of a beacon and this plat this platform is used for more than just my views. You know, I want everyone who feels they have something to say to either come on or start your own podcast. Begin your own and we can reach people through the, through that. It doesn't necessarily have to be you're promoting anything. Or, you know, or anything like that. It could just be you doing exactly what I do. Maybe, maybe not in the same setting. I honestly don't. <laughs> I honestly don't want anyone to, to, to do a podcast the way that I do it. Because I've been told this is dangerous. I've actually been threatened a couple of times. Because uh, you walk past, well, you are here. <laughs> You all hear a lot that I walk past and a lot of people feel that I'm either recording them or I'm listening to their conversation. I've been pulled aside and asked, was I a cop? I've been, like I said, I've been threatened. But like I said, I don't, I don't really, those words don't hold any weight with me. Those, that don't hold no weight with me to be quite honest with you all. So anyways, I'm hopefully in the coming weeks, I'm trying to get everything settled, like right before the holiday boom starts to have a, a few guests on so we can go back and forth on the things that we talk about in private. I would love for you all to hear it. But I want to talk about growth for a moment and where you must start. must start within self. Your growth must begin within you. You must grow to accept. You must grow. I feel in three different ways, maybe, most importantly. Spiritually, mentally, physically. 
the first thing you must grow to do is accept. Accept the things you cannot change. I know it's an old saying, but it's true. And be willing to accept difference. Difference within yourself, difference within your spouse, your family, your friends, just your community or whatever. So you can come to understand that you must learn to adapt. Accept and adapt. We can't expect everything to go our way. You know, we struggle with that as well. We struggle with feeling that, well, if it, we struggle with feeling that if things aren't the way that we like them, what do we do? What do we genuinely do when we're faced with that? Genuinely leave the situation or complain or, you know, argue, fight, whatever. But if you just learn to accept difference within every aspect of your life, you'll just become, you'll become better. I had to grow to understand that. You all heard everything that I went through. You all know that I stand before you right now as I'm walking to work at five something in the morning I've grown I've put myself in position to actually actually be a part of something that can change that can get people to see difference that can get people to see there's light and there's beauty in every corner, every section of, you know, every city, every, every, everywhere in this country, everywhere in this world. And I used to think I was sort of the poster child for, for being misunderstood because of everything that I was going through in my life. I used to think that I would only be saying this one thing I was in a meeting a couple of days ago and uh, I was asked I was asked to present sort of in a different different sort of way of presenting it was a question that asked have you ever been unfairly mistreated by your peers your spouse or anyone and it was then this was on the subject of parenting You all know we all judge by the way a person looks first. I'm, I can't say all, but most of us judge by the way a person looks. Most of us have that. Most of us still have that guard up by if you look a certain way, oh, you're this or you're that. Um... First of all, I feel it's the way that I dress. Because it doesn't matter what you look like. But I feel it's the way that I dress. You know, I always have a rag or a bandana on my head. And a lot of the times I'm wearing a sweatshirt and basketball shorts or something like that. I'm just, I'm comfortable. So in Zoom meetings nowadays, I just want to be comfortable. I don't want to. I don't want to get dressed up to sit in my house. I don't want to do that. I don't even 
really dress up, dress up to go to work. Because I know the kind of worker I am. And if I wear too nice clothes, I'm just going to destroy them. Because I tried that. But anyways. <laughs> but anyway. And the way that I was looking on the camera, I was looking like I really didn't want to be there. Because, like I said, I had my do-rag on, I had my sweatshirt. I was... I had my mic muted when I wasn't speaking because I was talking to my wife, and but I was still engaged with the conversation. So it was looked at. I was getting looks like, why is he, why is he being mentioned? You know, he's not. He doesn't look like someone that would really, that would really say anything of significance, so to speak. So when it was my turn to speak, you know. I, put it in the best way that I could that I get sick of the stereotype that men not just people of difference but men aren't involved that men aren't dedicated I'm not saying I'm perfect but one thing I am is I'm dedicated and I'm loyal loyal to my family not too many men are looked at like that. Not too many women are looked at like that either, but that's another subject. Dedicated to my family. But I don't like the fact that when, because as I stated, I like to get to know people. I like to ask people questions. I don't like it to be work, because work, 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 work is boring, boring, boring. You know, I like to get to know the person so they can actually know that they can add themselves to the job to make it better. To make it less, you know, just just work. You know, just be a person, be a be a person first, and then adapt. And don't come in trying to be the greatest employee in the world because you're not gonna do that. You're gonna fall short because the way that it's written down, the guidelines, the layout may not fit you. So find a way for you to fit in, pretty much. But anyway, when I talk to these people. And, you know, I asked, you have a family or, you know, a significant other, so to speak? So I said, you know, and they answered the questions. They said, well, are you married? You know, I have children, stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm married. I have five children. And I was like, oh, it must be hard for your wife having to deal with different baby mamas and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, why is she dealing with different baby mamas? Then it's always... The way you say you're married and you got five ch- children, so and I'm always, sometimes politely, sometimes not so politely, always respond back with, "Why do I have to have multiple, <laughs> multiple baby mothers? Why can't all of my children live with me?" I was like, "Oh, if that's if if, if that's how you arranged it," and I'm like, "Once again, <laughs> once again, it's not an arrangement. It's." just um, um, all of my kids come from the same woman so I don't understand the arrangement part but anyway it's a stereotype and it's a stigma upon men especially people of difference that we're not involved we're just there for the act and not for the responsibility and, and I'm trying to erase that because I'm sitting in a group with 20 other people who who may or may not have felt a certain way about people before, 
because we've had conversations before on other subjects that they've admitted that I didn't know my words or I didn't know my level of misunderstanding people of difference. So when I say that, morning, y'all. I know, I know. <laughs> y'all have a good one. You too. <laughs> but, uh, and it was given to me, you know, the notion was given to me that they don't really understand anything outside of their own homes. So many people don't. So when I tell people that, you know, when I told them at the meeting that it really pissed me off to continue to have to go through that, like sort of defending myself just because I'm just because I go home every day and just because I see my wife and my children every day and I'm heavily involved in their individual lives you know it sort of it sort of hurts you know when people are like oh oh my god well I just I was just under the assumption that you know because most men and I'm like no there's some of us who actually give a fuck and that's what I'm trying to break. Hey, good morning. That's what I'm, you know, trying to break. Trying to break that stigma, break that chain of, oh, you have multiple children. Oh, so you have this and that. And then the subject of child support always gets brought up because I'm a manager where I work. No, you all hear those sirens. This is, hopefully, they, everything's okay. But anyways, like I said, I'm a manager where I work. So when it gets on the subject of children, you know, child support gets brought up. And they say, oh, well, that's why you're a manager. I'm like, no, that's not the reason why I make the money I make. Because I have children or child support, as you say. You know, one thing I don't I don't pay child support. I think I actually, you know, pay more than the than child support would ask. <laughs> and then in that sense, most men do anyway. Most men do anyway. Most men give more than they're supposed. You know, in that sense, most men give more than child support asks for. So it's sort of silly for a woman to put put most men on child support. I can't defend them all, but I, I do know a lot of cases where, you know, men have fought, fought with documents, receipts, text messages, and stuff like that. It's like, look, it's right here. You know, I, I bring you every dime I got. <laughs> I bring you every dime I got, so why are you garnishing my check? Which makes it less for me, and it really makes no sense for me to continue working while I'm working. You know, I got to... You know, it's just, like I said, that's another conversation. Hey, good morning, man. That's another conversation to have. So, you know, it's not all bad out there for, not all bad out there for men who pay child support, men who go through this or that. It's not. You know, it's a difference. And like I said, it's completely just off subject of what I was talking about at the meeting. But, you know, it's, that there's something that should be looked at, looked into as well, you know, because most men give up 
give up everything for their children. And still, even, even if the relationship's sour, they'll still do everything they can for the woman. So, you know, I think it's in a lot of cases, in, in this, in a few particular cases that I know, the woman is sort of using that, you know, it's sort of like to just keep the man, keep this, this particular man down. Just break his spirit and... You know, a lot of the times it worked because of the conversations that me and him have, but sometimes it doesn't. You know, he still feels that, hey, whatever she wants, you know, whatever she wants. But you know, it shouldn't be like that. But anyway, back to what I was talking about, you know, just to break that stigma, break that, break that stereotype that we aren't involved, that we have this and that and you know it's it's not always that it's not always that in the way that I put it sort of really opened everyone's eyes and it allowed a lot of other people to open up about their differences at work as well about their cultures how certain cultures have responsibilities and different things that they do it doesn't necessarily fit with where you work. Like case in point, you're Muslim or you're Tongan, if if, if, if if I'm pronouncing that right, Tongan American, I believe, you know, of of any sort of descent that, you know, isn't, isn't the, uh, the majority of what you live around, basically. You know, like you have holidays and things of that nature that you, that you celebrate or practices that you that you do, you know. It's not always it's not always met with understanding basically. And that was basically what a lot of people opened up to after I initially initially said what I said. You know, I felt I felt pretty good about that to actually allow myself to be vulnerable, which in turn opened up more people to do the same. You know, you can't be afraid. You can't be afraid to be vulnerable. You can't be afraid to open up. You can't be afraid of what the what that next person will say. Or you can't be afraid of that finger being pointed at you. You can't. You can't. So many of us try hard as hell to block who we are so we can fit in, so we don't get talked about, so we don't hear the questions or anything like that. Well, in order for us to grow, in order for us to adapt and accept, we must be ourselves. We must. You can't be anything but yourself because it's hard to turn that switch off when you're off work or away from those peers. You have to be yourself. You have to. You have to be yourself wholeheartedly. You can't allow society to shape you. You can't. You can't. <clears throat> it's a joke. Um, amongst being myself, she watches a lot of those uh, mukbang videos. If I'm pronouncing it right. And I made her, you know, a nice little, nice little seafood dish one time. You know, it had huge, huge six to eight size prawns in, and you know, they were huge, very, very good shrimp. And she started eating, and 
the way that she started eating them, you know, I was like, okay, stop. And she got mad. She was like, why can't I eat? And I'm like, no, you're not going to eat those like that. Because you look just like those people in the videos that you watch. And she was like, what you mean? And I'm like, that's not how you did it any other time. I was always eating my shrimp like that. And we go back and forth. We're not arguing. We're joking, of course. But, but she knows that she didn't always eat her shrimp like that. And I say that to say this. Society shapes people. You know, if you watch enough of something, you start to you start to mimic those people because they're accepted. You start to mimic the things that you see and you sort of forget who you are in that sense. You forget that you'll be you'll be more comfortable doing it the way that you did it. Speaking the way that you speak and just being who you are, then you will, then you will be trying to fit in and catch up with other people. You know, like I said, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. I mean, and even though, you know, we still go back and forth over certain things, but it's, she's told me that she understands what I'm saying and I'm just trying to look out for her. Because these trends, and society changes so much every day, you'll lose yourself trying to catch up with these, trying to catch up with with everything, with everything. And the one thing that I'm really trying to get, you know, people to see, people that are around me, people that for some reason come to me for counsel, that it's best to just be you. It really is, it's best to be yourself. And allow yourself to grow how you fit. How you fit because you'll have you'll have a better standing in society being being you, standing out, looking different, being different, than just trying to fit in with everyone else. Really well. That's what I encourage everyone to do, to just find your find your growth. Find your growth. Don't be afraid to be that tree that stands alone. Then that tree that's in that forest that you can hardly see through the forest. Because there's so many trees that look the same. You don't know where you're going. You don't know where you are. But it's a few trees that just stand on their own. They may not be as big. May not have as many leaves. But their foundation is solid as fuck. Their foundation is solid. You can't break their branches. So many people can climb upon those trees. And if you try to climb upon those trees that look the same, the branches are flimsy. The roots aren't as thick. They break easily. Then the ones that stand alone and allow themselves to grow as positively as possible. You know. There's nothing wrong with your slow, slow growth, if you want to call it that. There's nothing wrong with that. 
and I wish I had a, a woman on to go through this next thing that I'm that I'm gonna try and discuss. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to make it sound good. You know, I have no knowledge of the situation, but body images. How I feel that you should be comfortable with what you are and who you are and how you look. Be comfortable with that. Don't fall into the pattern of I must look like this if I want to gain or I need to catch up and I don't want to be surpassed by anybody or anything like that. Because you have men and you have women who feel that now that it's become normal for people to enhance themselves, you know, very quickly, very quickly, whether it be with facial, face jobs or, you know, men with, men with, you know, penis implants or chest implants or something like that, or even abdominal implants, you know, taking a PD or something like that, or or women who get, you know, butt injections and stuff like that, or either, or either breast implants or something like that, or augment their face in some sort of way. You're not doing it for you. You're not doing it for you. You're doing it to be accepted by people who should have accepted you for who you are before. should have been accepted for what you are and who you are before you augmented your body in any way. You know, what brought this What brought this conversation on is, you know, me and B, we watch uh, Spike Lee's show, She's Gotta Have It, and speaks upon a woman's, you know, journey and struggle through self and acceptance and sexuality. But she has this friend who who worked in the club, who wanted to, who wanted to dance, who wanted to, you know, make more money at the club, at, at this particular club. And uh, the only way she could do that is if she had something worth, something worth it behind her, basically. But this woman, you know, had a beautiful body. Beautiful body, she's a beautiful woman. You know, and and the woman in the story was, you know, the woman in the series was telling her, like, why don't you show off more of what you have instead of all of these enhancements, like hair and nails and, you know, eyelashes and stuff like that. Why don't you show off more because you're a beautiful woman and you don't need that. But she was like, no, I got to, you know, got to look a certain way. So she chooses to go into whatever motel whatever motel and proceeds to get injections into her ass that look painful as hell like he was just shooting lard into these you know into this woman and and over time she grew she grew she grew and she grew to the point to where she looked oddly proportioned. 
than she than she would have looked if she focused on certain body parts with you know with exercise and diet and stuff like that because it's possible you're not going to get the quick enhancement that you're gonna that you're gonna get like if you were to get injections and shit like that or, or augment your body but it'll work i've seen it uh, hell i've seen it i've seen someone go from being whatever size whatever weight to focusing on the body part and their body part growing and then then being more comfortable with who they are because they did it themselves bringing up more confidence that way so anyway this woman came this woman came to the point to where she was she was ready so to speak to to perform she was ready to perform and she was all ready to go and everything she was getting ready to get on stage and, and she had the crowd going wild because she felt that the crowd was going wild because of what she had behind her. No, she could dance, she could move, she was seductive, she controlled the crowd. And it was this character in the story that has hooks, that has hooks on his hands and the way Spike Lee did this scene he made it seem like this particular person was gonna like grab her with the hooks and that was gonna bust her ass basically. Literally and figuratively bust her ass. And as you built the anticipation for that to happen, that didn't happen. So after she got through grinding and dancing and giving this man a lap dance, she proceeds to walk back up the stage, slips on a drink or whatever, falls back down, lands on her ass, and everything that that lady put inside of her exploded all over the people behind her. And this woman almost died. I, I don't know if she did die, man, B, stop watching it. No, I don't know if she did pass, but she almost died because of the infections. She almost died because of what she was doing to her body. Now, you all know you all know, or if you don't know, what you do, what you do to your body that's impure. It may make you feel good, it may make you look good at this particular moment, but you do know you get older. And those athletes, bodybuilders, and everybody who took the drugs or did the PEDs or took the steroids and stuff like that, what they look like now, and how much they regret it doing it. How much they regret it. I mean, look at the way Mike Tyson looks now. Look at the way Roy Jones looks now. Look at the way so many other athletes in that sense look now. They don't take anything. That's discipline and hard work. That's discipline and hard work. To get themselves back in shape to fight. To get themselves back in shape for life. You know, you'll feel much better than you would if you or to chemically enhance anything, so to speak. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel the need to, to chemically do anything to your body. You shouldn't feel forced by society to, to make anything happen within yourself that, that you, that you won't feel good about 10 to 20, 10 to 20 years down the, down the line. You know, be happy with who you are. Be happy with how you look. 
and know that you can change yourself slowly and surely if you just did it the right way. Slowly and surely, once again, just, just doing it the right way, you know, focusing on the diet, focusing on, you know, ways to train certain body parts to grow, stick out, you know, plenty of ways, plenty of ways women have enhanced the way that they look, you know, over time and men as well. So, you know, so I don't, I mean, to each his own, but, you know, just know that I've heard more horror stories from people injecting things into their bodies to, you know, change their body parts, then I have good from people who took the time to train and eat properly and stuff like that, you know. I'm not knocking you, but I know I'm just letting you know it's a risk with, you know, it's a, it's a risk with the quick fix, especially when it comes with your body. So, you know, can't get you shouldn't get growth that way you know but um i was watching uh verses last night and uh well a little bit of it anyway with the um the jeezy and the gucci you know i don't really listen to, i don't really listen to either's music i used to listen to gucci when i was when i was coming up you know, back 15, damn near 20 years ago. But uh, I don't anymore, you know, but but I watched it anyways because there were so many people and I didn't, and I wanted to sort of put out positivity for, for the culture, you know, for the culture of, you know, hip hop, what, what hip hop means to me and what rap means to me. Because we've lost We've lost a few shining stars and, you know, we've could have lost more, you know, had, had things went, had things went another way for them, you know, for um, Boozy and uh, Benny Butcher, you know, they were shot as well. I believe Boozy was shot. I heard he was shot in his leg and his leg may, may have to be amputated, I heard. You know, I do know that uh, Benny Butcher was shot and we all know and we lost Mo 3 and we lost Kane Vaughn and you know how senseless that was. And those both of those issues could have been avoided, but you know, and and everybody was was anticipating violence or anticipating foolishness with the Jeezy versus Gucci Man versus battle. Which every other battle has been peaceful, but they've never really placed two artists who who had this much animosity towards each other, this much history with history of violence within these two men, respectively. You know, from uh, Gucci Man knowing about one of Jeezy's close friends that died, I believe, as the story goes, or or someone that Jeezy knew tried to rob Gucci or. Gucci trying to kill you, whatever, whatever. That's not what I'm trying to go with. What I'm, what I'm speaking on. What I'm trying to go with is, when it came time to play their music, Gucci was being very aggressive with, with his songs, and he made sure that everybody knew who he was talking about. Lyrics like, 
you know, go dig your partner up and this and that and, you know, talking about his family's children, really trying to pinpoint that you won't do anything to me. You know, these these records hurt you. These records hurt you deeply. But it was the way that Jeezy was handling himself, sitting there stoic and just... He was there, but he wasn't there in the moment that Gucci was there for because it seemed as if Gucci was there just so he can play those records, just so he could, you know, see if he can get a rise out of this man. And, you know, Jeezy reacted in a way that most men should act when you're faced with foolishness, when you're faced, when you know you're the bigger person. You know that. You know, and the one comment that he made that really, that really stuck out was, you know, when Gucci was talking about the money he has and, you know, everything that he owns. And Jeezy was like, well, you know, I own half of Atlanta. You know, just to say. You know, he didn't like say I own it because in a in a street way, like this city is mine or something like that. No, he actually owns city blocks, real estate. He has a stake in a lot of things in the in Atlanta and the city that always thrives, you know, just for you know, that that are, that has always seemed to thrive. He owns most of the businesses there. He owns most of the real estate there. I mean, that's public knowledge. But um, that shows growth. You know, that's the sort of way it's the common word I want you all to, all to get. Even when I was speaking on the women and the men you know, changing their bodies and stuff like that. The growth in the growth you must have physically to just know that you can achieve those things, you know, the right way just by taking the time out to, you know, exercise, eat properly and stuff like that. That's what I was talking about. And the growth that I'm speaking on now with Jeezy is just just mentally and spiritually, you know, you're not that same person. You're not that same young individual who would react in a certain way, react in a way to, you know, let's fight, let's come to blows or worse. And you know he, like I, like he was he was saying he woke up, you know after after partying and stuff like that with Gucci Man, and he was like you know I haven't had time to really recollect everything that that happened, so I could so I could process it and speak on it better. You wouldn't hear a person you wouldn't hear a real street person speak like that you really wouldn't you wouldn't really hear someone who who isn't who isn't aware of their wealth and their worth speak like that you would hear the reckless and you would hear the young animosity and and all of that pop out and you know we would have possibly lost one of them or if not if not one of them some people from their respective camps would have 
possibly lost their lives. But it ended on a good note. It ended with them performing the song together. And I, I get it, you know, what I get from it is just is the growth of an individual and knowing that that was so long ago. You know, why would I react to it? You know, even though it felt that he was trying to get a rise out of him, you know, I'm not that person anymore. You know, like like he said, you know, you, you know, I own half of Atlanta. You know, I don't, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really have to thrive off of the disrespect of another person or whatever, you know, even though he has a couple of songs on his album where he speaks about other rappers, but he's not speaking on them in the sense of, you know, killing them or harming their families or whatever, but you know. Like I said, it just shows growth of an individual. It shows growth of a man, and it's showing. And I'm, I'm actually, actually happy they did it with, in the way, that, in, in the manner that that they did it, was to show the younger, the younger gen- generation of rap fans that is it, that is possible, that it's possible. And like he said last night, you know, Jay Z and Nas, y'all next, you know, for. Not to say that Jay-Z and Nas wouldn't do something like this, but they ended their beef long ago. So if they do something like, you know, a versus battle or something, I doubt they will play, you know, Super Ugly. I doubt they will play Ether. I doubt they will play those songs because they actually have hits together. They have so much more music, so many more timeless classics that they can play without even going down that road. You know, that's what... That's when I first heard that it was going to be those two, uh, Gucci Mane and Jeezy doing it. I was like, oh, man, pretty much half of Gucci's catalog is disrespecting Jeezy. And like I said, they played all of those songs. So, But it really showed growth with, growth with Jeezy. Sorry about that. I'm walking past this individual who seems to have a block party every day. He the only one to sit there on that on that on his stoop, like he's by himself. So I guess that was a Remy Martin ad that was just added to my podcast. But anyway, <laughs> anyways, like I was saying, it's just show growth, and I'm glad that you know so many young individuals got to see that and got to see that you can handle these situations in a in a grown manner. In a calm manner, you don't have to react in that sense. You don't have to always resort to violence. You can let it be what it is and just live to the next day and just not even let it worry you. I was walking home yesterday and um, coming past this building and this man ran out this building. And um, I'm going to end on this. I'm going to end on this note because, you know, these past episodes have been kind of short. You know, I want to keep it that way. You know, not to not to go hours and hours. Now, I may have one that is a little longer because um, with the guests that I have, you know, lined up, you know, we're going to speak on some things. We're going to actually have. How you doing, man? We're going to speak on some things. We're going to have a pretty good conversation. So it may go, go on into a couple of hours. But anyways, I was walking home and... I, um, 
This man came out this building. He was like, you grew up on 39th Street, right? What up, homie? Okay. He was like, you grew up on 39th Street, right? And I was like, yeah. And he took his mask off. And he was like, man, I remember you. I remember you. You know, he was like, you know, you know what? It's so good to see you with the with gray hair. And I understood exactly what he was saying. He was like, it's just so good to see you. Cause I remember you when you were a kid. How you doing, man? And he was like, man, I, I remember you when you were a kid. He was like, I know your whole family. And he started naming off my uncles and my aunts and cousins and stuff. And he was like, it's so good to see some of us still here, because it's not many. And this other man came off the same building and he looked at me. He was like, man, I know your people. And, you know, it just showed growth. It just showed growth. It just showed, not to say that all of us made the best choices in life, because I know I haven't. I really didn't when I was younger. You know, not to say that I, not to say that I've done well, I can say I've done things that I'm not proud of. I've done things for survival. And, you know, hopefully the people that I harmed, you know, forgive me. In a, in, not in a sense, but forgive me for the things that I've done. Like I said, you know, I've done, done things for survival. I've done things to protect myself and others. Not to say that I wouldn't do it again, but but you know, it's about growth. And you know, just like the man told me, he was like, "It's good to see you with gray hair. It's good to see you with gray hair." It's like because so many of us don't make it. I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "You know, we dinosaurs." And he started laughing. He was like, "Yeah, man, we dinosaurs out here." Because our way, our way of doing things is gone. Our way of being men is sort of extinct. We endangered out here. You know, you understood everything that I said, and I understood everything he said. He was like, we got to teach him. I was like, you're right. We got to teach him. I got plenty of people that's under me, 10, 15 years younger than me, that aren't on the the rah-rah and all of that stuff. You know, they good upstanding people with with goals and dreams and they got people behind them. So I see it changing, I really do. I see it changing, just gotta keep at it. Keep at it for growth.